Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kevod Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Saturday, September 3rd. In Revelation 1.8, Yeshua says of Himself, I am the Alpha and Omega, the Aleph and the Tav, the beginning and the ending, says the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the Almighty. Did you know that if you read Genesis 1.1 in Hebrew, there is an Aleph Tav right smack dab in the middle of that verse? Truly Yeshua, the Aleph Tav, is there in the beginning and the end. So, if you are reading your Bible in Hebrew, whenever you come across Aleph Tav, this is a direct reference to Yeshua. The acronym for Daily Audio Torah is D-A-T. In Hebrew, that is Dalit Aleph Tav. When you unpack that in the ancient Hebrew picture language, what it means is this, Doorway to the Aleph Tav. The Daily Audio Torah is your doorway to the Aleph Tav, your doorway to Yeshua. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we finish up the Torah portion, Shaftim, and it means Judges. Deuteronomy 21, 1-9 If in the land that Hashem your God is assigning you to possess, someone slain is found lying in the open, the identity of the slayer not being known, your elders and magistrates shall go out and measure the distance from the corpse to the nearby towns. The elders of the towns nearest the corpse shall then take a heifer, which has never been worked, which has never pulled in a yoke. And the elders of that town shall bring the heifer down to an ever-flowing wadi, which is not tilled or sown. There in the wadi they shall break the heifer's neck. The Kohanim, sons of Levi, shall come forward, for Hashem your God has chosen them to minister to him and to pronounce blessing in the name of Hashem, and every lawsuit and case of assault is subject to their ruling. Then all the elders of the town nearest to the corpse shall wash their hands over the heifer whose neck was broken in the wadi and they shall make this declaration. Our hands did not shed this blood, nor did our eyes see it done. Absolve, Hashem, your people Israel, whom you redeemed, and do not let guilt for the blood of the innocent remain among your people Israel, and they will be absolved of blood guilt. Thus you will remove from your midst guilt for the blood of the innocent, for you will be doing what is right in the sight of Hashem. Ecclesiastes 4, 1, 
to 6.12. I further observed all the oppression that goes on under the sun, the tears of the oppressed with none to comfort them, and the power of their oppressors with none to comfort them. Then I accounted those who died long since more fortunate than those who were still living, and happier than either are those who have not yet come into being, and have never witnessed the miseries that go on under the sun. I have also noted that all labor and skillful enterprise comes from men's envy of each other, another futility and pursuit of wind. True, the fool folds his hands together and has to eat his own flesh, but no less truly, better is a handful of gratification than two fistfuls of labor, which is pursuit of wind. And I have noted this further futility under the sun. The case of the man who is alone with no companion, who has neither son nor brother, yet he amasses wealth without limit, and his eye is never sated with riches. For whom now is he amassing it while denying himself enjoyment? That too is a futility and an unhappy business. Two are better than one, in that they have greater benefit from their earnings. Or should they fall, one can raise the other. But woe betide him who is alone and falls with no companion to raise him. Further, when two lie together they are warm, but how can he who is alone get warm? Also, if one attacks, two can stand up to him, A threefold cord is not readily broken. Better a poor but wise youth than an old but foolish king who no longer has the sense to heed warnings. For the former can emerge from a dungeon to become king, while the latter, even if born to kingship, can become a pauper. However, I reflected about all the living who walk under the sun with that youthful successor who steps into his place. Unnumbered are the multitudes of all those who preceded them, and later generations will not acclaim him either, for that too is futile and pursuit of wind. Be not over-eager to go to the house of Hashem. More acceptable is obedience than the offering of fools, for they know nothing but to do wrong. Keep your mouth from being rash, and let not your throat be quick to bring forth speech before Hashem. For Hashem is in heaven, and you are on earth. That is why your words should be few. Just as dreams come with much brooding, so does foolish utterance come with much speech. When you make a vow to Hashem, do not delay to fulfill it. For He has no pleasure in fools. What you vow, fulfill. It is better not to vow at all, than to vow and not fulfill. Don't let your mouth bring you into disfavor, and don't plead before the messenger that it was an error, but fear Hashem, else Hashem may be angered by your talk and destroy your possessions. For much dreaming leads to futility and to superfluous talk. If you see in a province oppression of the poor and suppression of right and justice. Don't wonder at the fact, for one high official is protected by a higher one 
and both of them by still higher ones. Thus the great advantage in all the land is this. He controls a field that is cultivated. A lover of money never has his fill of money, nor a lover of wealth his fill of income. That, too, is futile. As his substance increases, so do those who consume it. What then does the success of its owner amount to? But feasting his eyes. A worker's sleep is sweet, whether he has much or little to eat. But the rich man's abundance doesn't let him sleep. Here is a grave evil I have observed under the sun. Riches hoarded by their owner to his misfortune in that those riches are lost in some unlucky venture, and if he begets a son, he has nothing in hand. Another grave evil is this, he must depart just as he came. As he came out of his mother's womb, so must he depart at last, naked as he came. He can take nothing of his wealth to carry with him, so what is the good of his toiling for the wind? Besides, All his days he eats in darkness with much vexation and grief and anger. Only this I have found is a real good, that one should eat and drink and get pleasure with all the gains he makes under the sun during the numbered days of life that Hashem has given him, for that is his portion. Also, whenever a man is given riches and property by Hashem and is also permitted by him to enjoy them, and to take his portion and get pleasure for his gains. That is a gift of Hashem, for such a man will not brood much over the days of his life because Hashem keeps him busy enjoying himself. There is an evil I have observed under the sun, and a grave one it is for man. That Hashem sometimes grants a man riches, property, and wealth, so that he does not want for anything his appetite may crave, but Hashem does not permit him to enjoy it. Instead, a stranger will enjoy it. That is futility and a grievous ill. Even if a man should beget a hundred children and live many years, no matter how many the days of his years may come to, if his gullet is not sated through his wealth, I say the stillbirth, though it was not even accorded a burial, is more fortunate than he. Though it comes into futility and departs into darkness, and its very name is covered with darkness, though it has never seen or experienced the sun, it is better off than he, yes, even if the other lived a thousand years twice over, but never had his fill of enjoyment, or are not one of them bound for the same place All of man's earning is for the sake of his mouth, yet his gullet is not sated. What advantage, then, has the wise man over the fool? What advantage has the pauper who knows how to get on in life? Is it the feasting of the eyes more important than the pursuit of desire? That, too, is futility and pursuit of wind. Whatever happens, it was designated long ago and it was known that it would happen. As for man, he cannot contend with what is stronger than he. Often, much talk means much futility. How does it benefit a man? 
who can possibly know what is best for a man to do in life, the few days of his fleeting life. For who can tell him what the future holds for him under the sun? 2 Corinthians 6, 14-7-7 Be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what concord has Christ with Belial? Or what part has he that believes with an infidel? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore come out from among them, and be ye separate, says the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Receive us. We have wronged no man. We have corrupted no man. We have defrauded no man. I speak not this to condemn you, for I have said before that you are in our hearts to die and live with you. Great is my boldness of speech toward you. Great is my glorying of you. I am filled with comfort. I am exceedingly joyful in all our tribulation. For when we were come into Macedonia, our flesh had no rest, but we were troubled on every side. Without were fightings, within were fears. Nevertheless, God, that comforts those that are cast down, comforted us by the coming of Titus, and not by his coming only, but by the consolation wherewith he was comforted in you, when he told us your earnest desire, your mourning, your fervent mind toward me, so that I rejoiced the more. Psalm 47, 1-9 O clap your hands, all you people, shout unto God with the voice of triumph, for the Lord Most High is terrible. He is a great king over all the earth. He shall subdue the people under us and the nations under our feet. He shall choose our inheritance for us, the excellency of Jacob, whom he loved. Selah. God has gone up with a shout, the Lord God with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God, sing praises. Sing praises unto our King, sing praises. For God is the King of all the earth. Sing ye praises with understanding. God reigns over the heathen. God sits upon the throne of his holiness. The princes of the people are gathered together, even the people of the God of Abraham. For the shields of the earth belong unto God. He is greatly exalted. Proverbs 22.16 He that oppresses the poor to increase his riches, and he that gives to the rich, shall surely come to want. I want to speak to you today from what we read in Ecclesiastes chapter 4 through 6. 
And let's begin with Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 1. I further observed all the oppression that goes on under the sun, the tears of the oppressed with none to comfort them, and the power of their oppressors with none to comfort them. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. When the verse mentions all the oppression that goes on, it refers to the suffering of the Jewish people in exile. Kohelet, or Solomon, observes, however, that not only do the people suffer in exile, but that they lack the leadership to comfort them. Solomon notes that the phrase, with none to comfort them, is repeated twice in this verse, hinting that they were lacking the leadership to teach them the two keys for redemption, repentance and prayer. First, the people of Israel need a leader who will guide them towards repentance, for sincere repentance leads to redemption. Second, they need a leader who will show them how to pray effectively so that their prayers will be answered and they will be returned to the land of Israel. Continuing on, chapter 5, verse 9 reads, A lover of money never has his fill of money, nor a lover of wealth his fill of income. That, too, is futile. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. The word havel, or futile, appears many times throughout Ecclesiastes and is a description of the pursuit of various physical pleasures. Although the word is translated as futile, it literally means vapor. Vapor has the power to distort what a person sees. For example, the hot air rising from desert sands creates the mirage of an oasis. In this verse, Solomon observes that amassing wealth is havel, more than just futile. The pursuit of wealth is similar to vapor since it has the power to distort a person's reality and values. Kohelet, or Solomon, warns not to pursue wealth, because one who does so will never be satisfied. Continuing on in chapter 6, verses 1 and 2. There is an evil that I have observed under the sun, and a grave one it is for man that Hashem sometimes grants a man riches, property, and wealth, so that he does not want for anything his appetite may crave. But Hashem does not permit him to enjoy it. Instead, a stranger will enjoy it. That is futility and a grievous ill. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. The Hebrew word for riches is osher, spelled with the letter ayin. The Hebrew word for happiness is also osher, but spelled with the letter aleph. While the two words are homophones, they are not synonymous. Some people mistakenly believe that wealth leads to happiness. The sages from Ethics of the Fathers, however, teach the exact opposite. Who is wealthy? One who is happy with his lot. Only when a person is happy and satisfied with the material possessions that he has, no matter their value, can he be considered truly wealthy. So there's a lot of wisdom to be gleaned from this book. 
And Father God, I just pray right now that as we read through the book of Ecclesiastes, that you will open up our hearts to really hear and listen and receive from our hearts the wisdom that is here in this book. And that, Father, that our pursuit in life, our focus in life, our purpose in life, our passion in life would be focused on Yeshua in following Him, walking with Him, walking in His ways. That our focus is not on the stuff of the world or on any kind of an idol of the heart, but that our focus is on Yeshua, who is our head. Help us, Lord, each day to do what you've called us to do, and at the end of each day to hear the words, Well done, good and faithful servant. I am pleased with you. Let that be our heart cry, is to please you and to fall in love with you all over again. We love you, we bless you, and we praise you. In Yeshua's name, Amen. Adonai The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24-26 Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.